You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. We're talking about the paradox of the Christian life. The paradox of the Christian life is is what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. And he said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. A paradox, in the sense that I'm using it, is something that appears contradictory, it appears uh, impossible, or uh, goes against common sense, what we think to be true, and yet turns out to be true. And Jesus here is, was giving us the, this paradox that if we want to gain our lives, we must first lose our life. And really, who wants to lose their life? We don't want to lose our lives. We want to retain our lives. We cling to life uh, with with everything in us. I mean, we we uh, want to live life uh, to its fullest as as long as we have life, and we don't want to let go of life. We want to live as long as possible and uh, avoid all illness and sickness and do everything we can to try to slow the aging process. And we cling to life. And Jesus here is saying that in order to truly have life, the life that he will give, uh, eternal life, if you want to gain your life, you must lose it. And so this is the paradox. And what did he mean by that? Well, we can explain that a little bit more if we read verse 24. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, in other words, if we want to be his followers, if we want to be disciples of Jesus, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Now, everybody in the first century knew what taking up your cross meant because crucifixion at that time was a very common form of execution within the Roman government. And to take up your cross meant that you were going to die And Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, you have to be willing to die. And what does it mean to lose your life and to take up your cross and be willing to die? Jesus really here is talking about the self-will, the self-will, because he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. This isn't someone who's uh, been just sentenced to death and is forced to pick up his cross. This is a voluntary picking up of the cross. And Jesus gave us the supreme example of this when he himself took up the cross after he'd been severely beaten and uh, headed up with his cross, this heavy cross that he had to bear up to uh, Calvary's hill where he would die. And... uh, And at this time, the disciples had left and abandoned him. Everyone staked their hope in Jesus, all of his followers, the 12 and then the women and other disciples that followed Jesus. This was the Messiah. This was the the promised uh, Messiah who would come and save the people, not just from their sins, but also from their enemies. Uh, He would save them from the Romans. And so, you know, he was going to usher in the promised kingdom and rule over the world. 
And so they staked their lives on this man, Jesus. They thought, this is the one. He's the Messiah. He, he's the prophesied one that should come. And then here he is, hanging on a cross and, and then taken down and laid in a tomb. And so what at first seemed to be their hope, and you know they had abandoned everything to follow Jesus, and what they had staked their lives on appeared in the moment to be defeat. And so what appeared to be utter loss and defeat turned out to be the redemption of mankind because Jesus died for the sins of the world. Now, the disciples didn't find this out until after Jesus rose from the dead. And then looking back, they found out that what appeared to be utter uh, loss and utter defeat uh, was in reality their own salvation and the salvation of, uh, available for the world, for everyone who would become themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus' death on the cross meant your salvation and my salvation, because in the very act of dying and the shedding of his blood, um, our sins were paid for. He died for your sins and my sins, and the Bible says that the blood that was shed on the cross for us uh, was shed for the remission or the forgiveness of our sins. And so... So out of death, God brought victory. And that's the paradox of the cross. And now Jesus is teaching us here that if we want to be his disciples, if we want to be his followers, we have to follow in his footsteps, so to speak. Um, and now we're not going to be called to die on a cross. You know, that's not our lot in life. But what Jesus is teaching here is not that we need to die on a cross, but rather it's that we need to, like he did, deny ourselves and willingly lay down our lives to do God's will, whatever that was. Now, for Jesus, the Father's will was for him to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And so Jesus gave up his own human desires and gave up everything and took up his cross and went up to Calvary's Hill, not because he enjoyed dying on the cross, but the Bible says that he endured the suffering for the joy that was set before him. It was the joy of the salvation of mankind uh, that, would, that would follow his death on the cross. That's why he did it. And now he says that we... If we would be his disciples, we must also give up the self-will. And he's really talking here about the self-will. What is the self-will? Well, here's a simple illustration of that. Uh, if you're uh, walking around in town and you see a sign on a wall, for example, that says, don't touch wet paint, uh, what, what's the first thing that pops into your mind that you want to do? Uh, if you're like me, probably you want to go up and touch the paint uh, because the sign says not to. And that's called self-will. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And in fact, if they tell me not to do it, it makes me want to do it. And uh, what Jesus is saying here is we have to give up our self-will. Uh, our own self-desires, what we think is right, uh, and 
and everything that we're living for. And and we need to uh, be willing to lay it down and to say with Jesus, uh, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And, you know, most people have never done that in their lives. And most people have never just given up their own self-will and said, Lord Jesus, whatever you require of me, that's what I'll do. And yet Jesus is saying here in absolute terms that this is what is absolutely necessary to be his disciple. And he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And so what he's saying is, if you're not willing to deny yourself and become a follower of Christ, walk in his footsteps and go where he leads you and obey him. Um, If you're clinging to your own life so much, if you're clinging to your own self-will so much that you are not willing to uh, follow and seek the will of God and the will of Christ, he said, you're going to lose your life. Because, uh, you know, the Bible says that for all those who are outside of Christ, there is only destruction that awaits. And, uh, and that's loss of life. And so for everyone in the world who has not given up their desires in order to receive Christ, in order to seek out what does Christ want for me, um, they, they haven't gained life. In fact, Jesus said they will lose their life. And I wonder if that describes you. Are you clinging to life, um, your own life, or have you surrendered to the will of Jesus Christ in your life? And, uh, you know, I talk to so many people, and self-will usually shows up in statements like this. Some people say, I I just kind of do my own thing. Or people say, I have my own faith. Or people kind of allude to the fact that, oh, God will just accept me as I am. That's called self-will. We don't get to have our own faith, uh, I mean our own version of faith, Uh, We don't get to decide what truth is. We don't get to dictate to God that he's going to accept us just as we are. We can't make any demands on God. You see, that's called pride and self-will, and yet that's where most people are at today. And what Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to put all that aside. You have to let it go and take up your cross. In other words, be willing to do whatever Christ commands you to do, even to the point of death. And how would you know what Jesus commands you to do, or how would you know what Jesus wants of you? Well, if you're going to be Jesus' disciple, you really have to get to know the teaching of Jesus. And uh, I would suggest to start in the Gospel of John. And so you're going to have to learn about Jesus out of the Bible, and go to the Gospel of John And you'll find out very quickly as you're reading the Gospel of John that the very first thing that Jesus wants you to do is to believe in him and to trust in him. 
uh, and think about probably the most famous verse in the world, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, the self-will and pride does not want to trust in Jesus Christ. And so destruction awaits. But Jesus said, the only begotten Son, that's Jesus himself, was given because the Father loves the world so much. He gave us his own Son, and that if we would believe in him, trust in him, stop trusting in self, and come to trust in Jesus Christ, he said, we'll have everlasting life. And that brings us to the next statement of Jesus here in the paradoxical statement of verse 25. He said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And so if you're willing to lose your life and let go of the self-life and all of the self-will and trust in him, trust in Jesus, and believe him, and trust that he died on the cross to save you from your sins, he says, you'll find your life. That's when you find your life. And according to John 3.16, that is eternal life. And so what Jesus is talking about here is give up the temporal life. Be willing to lay aside your will in this short temporal life. This is a temporary life that's going to pass away. And, you know, eternity is a very long time. And what is 70 years in eternity? And he says, be willing to give up this temporary life in order to gain eternal life. Jesus says, be willing to let go of something that you can't keep anyway in order to gain something that you can't lose. That's just uh, such a powerful statement, and I didn't make that up. But let me say that again. Jesus is calling on you to give up what you cannot keep, and that's this temporary life in order to gain what you cannot lose, and that's eternal life. That's a pretty good proposition. And so, verse 26 says, For what is a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What would it profit if you gain the whole world? Of course, you can't gain the whole world. Jesus often speaks in hyperbole. Um, But just the very thought of gaining the whole world. What if you could gain the whole world and, you know, somehow manage to draw to yourself all the wealth of the world? What would you have? Well, when you come to die, you would just leave it all behind and you would have nothing. And so all the the wealth of this world in eternity means nothing. God doesn't care what kind of house you live in. God doesn't care what kind of car you drive or what kind of clothes you wear. 
He doesn't care what kind of sporting activities you do. And all the things of this life um, that, that we can um, involve ourselves with and care about and make that the priority of all of our affections, um, all of that in eternity is utterly worthless. And so let go of those things, Jesus is saying. If you want to be his disciple, let go of those things and follow Christ and do what he requires of you. And then he says, you will find life. That's where you're going to find life. And so if you're looking for life in a boat, if you're looking for life in a spouse, or you know, in worldly riches, you're looking in the wrong place. And Jesus says, be willing to deny yourself. He says, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him, and then you'll find life. What shall it profit if a man, if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Uh, it would profit nothing. And the soul is so much more valuable than the things of this world that we tend to place so much importance in. And so this is the very beginning of discipleship. If, if you want to be a disciple of Christ, you have to be willing to die to yourself. If you're not a disciple of Christ, then you have no life. To know Christ is to have eternal life. In order to know Christ, you have to be his disciple and be willing to obey him. The very first thing he asks you to do, the very first thing he commands you to do, is to believe the gospel. That is, that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from your sin. Don't be one of those people who say, oh, I just have my own faith. You know, I have my own concept of who God is. I really encourage you, open up the Gospel of John and read John and find out who, who Jesus really is from the Bible, God's Word. Don't think you know God and don't dictate to God that he must accept you as you are. Don't come to God on your terms, come to God on his terms. In other words, deny yourself and then what you'll find is this glorious thing. Uh, you'll find your life. That's the very beginning of true living. That's the beginning of the Christian life. And it's a joyful life. It's a wonderful thing. I often say here that being a Christian is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, joyful thing to be a Christian. And only glory awaits and to live in glory for all of eternity, it will make the suffering or whatever we go through for the cause of Christ here on this earth, it will seem so small in light of the bliss and the glory that is promised to us. You know, the paradox of the Christian life only works if there's glory that awaits us. Uh, now, Philippians 2 tells us that since Jesus Christ humbled himself to the point of death and died on the cross, therefore God has exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess uh, that, that he is Lord and King.
And uh, he'll do the same in your life. If we humble ourselves and give up what we think is so important, anything that stands in the way of a relationship with Christ, and if we come to meet Christ, and if we bend the knee and trust in him, and simply believe him and become his disciples, that's humility, that's humbling ourselves. What we find then is glory awaits, exaltation awaits, heaven awaits, and that's the promise. And so let me leave you with this. The paradox of the Christian life is if you want heaven, you have to be a disciple of Christ, and you have to deny yourself. Don't be a disciple of yourself or someone else. Be a disciple of Jesus Christ and gain true eternal life. If you have any questions about that, or if you're wondering what it really means to be a disciple of Christ, I would be happy to show you from the Bible. The Bible is so clear about these things, and I could show you very specific uh, Bible verses that that tell you how you can know for sure that you're saved and that you're a disciple of Christ and that you have a home in heaven someday. So if I can help you out with that, if you have any questions about that, please reach out and contact me. I would love to help you. And otherwise, I'll, I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me today. Mm-hmm.